This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Listening to Kelly and Rumia, or watching Kelly and Rumia, it's an experience. We're in hour two of the show. I'm Rumia Amuthan. And I'm Danielle McLaughlin. And we're both joining you from Toronto as Kelly takes the rest of the week off, and he'll be back sometime next week, hopefully. Let me tell you about The Pulse in the meantime. This is an AMI-audio original that you can catch Thursdays at 1.30 p.m. Eastern, 10.30 a.m. Pacific. Uh, and Joita Gupta, the host of the show, is speaking this week to DeLorence Lamti, the inaugural Embark scientist at Holland Bloorview Kids Rehab. And we're talking about his experience as a black researcher with a disability. And that'll be, um, I think, a very loaded conversation with DeLorence and Joita. So catch it at 1.30 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday. You can also, if you missed the live um, airing of it or any of the repeats, you can check it out on your favorite podcast platform or on YouTube as a video podcast. Danielle, over to you. Okay. Um, it is time now to check in with one of our community reporters, Kim Hovey, who joins us with news from Dawson City, Yukon. Hello, Kim. Good afternoon. Welcome. Nice, nice to have you with us. Uh, boy, Yukon's been in the news quite a bit in the last little bit, hasn't it? It has. And what a tither it's been. <laughs> but lots of excitement. <laughs> yes, I guess. So what are you going to talk about today? Well, I'd like to start off by just giving a summary on the Yukon Quest that I reported about last month. Yes. Um, it was a huge success. Oh, now, wonderful. something that I had learned, uh, which I didn't realize, is the initial Yukon Quest was across Canada into Alaska, across sorry, across Yukon into Alaska, and the past couple of years, I think as COVID and with COVID and with regulations that um, they weren't able to cross the border. So they just had the Canada stint of Yukon Quest. And I think the Americans have an American stint of it as well. Um, but they are very happy with how things all unraveled and they're hoping that um, coming up in, in the near future that they can get on the same line for the regulations and uh, they will be able to continue on the way it has been since the early 80s. Very cool. Remind us again, how long was the ride? So there was actually three stints. Okay. Um, one, yes, and the longest one was 450 miles. Oof. Oh, my. And this yes. is done with a dog sled, is that right? Correct. Yes. Now, do, and Do they use the same dogs from start to finish, or do they have to trade off dogs? That seems like a really long way for... The an animal to have to dogs. race. Wow. Oh, they are trained well and mm. they and that's part of the regulations as well. They have regulated stoppings um that they have to stop and take care of the animals and themselves mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Yes, I would imagine. Gosh. Uh, wow. Yeah. So they and they completed it. This this is this is over now, is that right? It, it it's happened Correct. and it had a happy ending. Very happy ending, yes. So the weather was perfect for it, and there was no mishaps and very successful um, journeys for all the mushers and their dogs. Everybody ended in a healthy way and very happy. Okay. I mean, um, I'm glad that they're they're doing it. It was really interesting talking to you about the training aspect of it last month, but nice to get the update. Do you want to tell us about... Thaw de Gras? <laughs> well, Thaw de Gras, let me tell you folks. So because summer is still a little bit far, farther away for us. <laughs> Just a little. Um, 
we try to do what we can do with the snow we've got and make it the best time we can. So Thoughty Gras is one of our spring carnivals. And let me tell you, this is actually one of our really big um attractors to Dawson as most of them are <laughs> but um there's a lot of events there's over 25 events in Thoughty Gras and the whole community and all around come and participate and if I could just tell you some of the events that go on there's the limps, the lip sync competition. There's the dog show, a cat show, a, cat a road show. hockey oh, cool. tournament. How do yeah. people get their cats in shows? Okay, sorry, we'll come back to that. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's unbelievable what people think to do. <laughs> well, and even an adult tricycle race. So if you think, what? <laughs> hey, wait a minute, I have an adult. I have an adult tricycle. I never learned how to ride a bike. And I think an adult tricycle race sounds downright dangerous, to be honest. <laughs> I thought you were going to sign up. <laughs> I haven't I haven't been to Dawson City. This may bring me there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I do highly recommend to anybody, if you want to see a snippet of the North, this is definitely the place to come. Mm. It really Very sounds hospitable. Like fun. It is. There's never when, a dull moment in Dawson. I guess. When does this take place then? This is happening in March next month. And how, how long does it go on? It's a weekend. Oh, okay. That's sure. Yes. We got to get there ASAP. Oh, what other um, <laughs> activities are involved? Well, like I said, there is, um, where's my list here? Sorry. Um, axe throw, snow sculptures, um, dog pull, chili cook-off, arm wrestling. <laughs> uh, oh. Snowshoe baseball is actually one of the big, <laughs> big fun. Oh, epic. my goodness, that one is fun. Oh, my goodness. Running in snowshoes, I can just imagine. <laughs> Falling in snowshoes. And you would right. be quite surprised at how... These, how these northerners dress to do all of this stuff. <laughs> you know, they wear the craziest outfits and you'd think they would be freezing their heinies off, but that's just more <laughs> enticement to get them <laughs> crazier. Well, it, it really sounds like fun. Now, Kim, I, I can't help but ask you about the UFO sighting, the ongoing search for the airborne object that was shot down over Yukon. I mean, what's it like there now with people talking about this? It has dulled down a little bit, I must say. But for the first week, it was very much a, um, everybody wanted to try to figure out what it is and where it's coming from. And we don't have... Um, military presence very often here so when there is big planes big helicopters flying in the like we hear it we see it and we know it the airport is only 10 minute drive from here so we hear uh, very much what goes on and so it's always what's what's the word what's going on and mm. who knows yeah. what <laughs> well I mean, people are saying that it was a suspected balloon, but Kim, I have to ask you, what's your theory? What do you think this object that was shot down actually was? It's so hard to say because, you know, people have claimed that they've left, lost their um, balloons. I think in the States they said there was a... Um, an agency that had balloons disappear. So... To me, it's more about it being in the space that it was in. Like they didn't like it in that mm. part of the atmosphere mm -hmm. over what it was over. So that to me is more of the alarm than um, a balloon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, when you think about the spectrum of theories that are out there, it's actually quite unbelievable. But Kim, I'm curious about the vibe uh, in Dawson City or, you know, just around you. 
were people afraid? Were people expressing uh, being afraid? Or what was the energy like? Definitely not afraid. Um, very curious and wanting to know how that it was going to be uh, recovered uh, just because of the territory here, the the environment, the landscape. Uh, how would successful uh, reclamation be? And so that's more of, I guess, what the big chat was about. Uh, are they going to get snowmobiles? Or are they going to get big <laughs> vehicles coming in and yeah. and doing it? Or is it just going to be something that they can... It's a spectacle. Technology, so... Yeah, I just like, wondered. Zoo, can they thrown in or you know so that <laughs> yeah, was yeah well well kim how how did people feel about having u.s military jets mm. i mean it it cost what about a half a million dollars and some people said half a million dollars to shoot down some kid's birthday balloon right I'm sure it's not quite that bad but i mean you know i don't know did you yourself hear or 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 experience the, those jets flying overhead absolutely we did and it was it was amazing to see and um, scary in a little sense because yeah. um, at that time, it wasn't like we knew exactly what was happening. Right. It wasn't until a little for bit sure. after. So um, it raised wow. a lot of curiosity for that. Well, my guess is this is a mystery that may not be solved anytime mm. soon. But thank you so I much agree. for sharing all of this. Uh, with us, Kim. I appreciate that. Kim Hovey is our community reporter in Dawson City, Yukon. And if you want to check out any of her notes, you can go to ami.ca slash kellyco, our blog. Thanks, Kim. After the break, we're checking in with Corinne Van Dusen, a familiar voice on the network, for our um, entertainment feature. And we're talking Julie Black as one of the items. We'll be right back. Don't go away. There's more great conversation with Kelly and Ramya right around the corner. We're back. It's Kelly and Ramya on AMI-audio and AMI-tv. If you missed the 2 to 4 p.m. live airing, 10 p.m. is the next rendition of the same show. It's our first repeat. Every eight hours on AMI-audio as well, you can catch the show. Uh, we'll give you some podcast teasers later on. But for now, let's get into some more conversation. Danielle McLaughlin is joining me. I'm Ramia Amuthan. And we're bringing on our newest contributor for an entertainment feature. And this is where we're going to talk about the latest in entertainment, of course, uh, and talk about, you know, content creation and disability, just everything and anything that will come up once a month with Corinne Van Dusen, who is one of the hosts of the Globe and Mail today. Corinne, welcome to the show. Now, welcome back, I guess, because you were joining us on a roundtable a while ago. Thank you very much for having me. It's so nice to have you, and it's so nice to have you in this capacity because, to me, it feels like a throwback for when you and I were on Late Edition together talking entertainment all the time. <laughs> yep, yep. We could definitely uh, find a lot to talk about when it comes to entertainment, so I'm excited to be here as the entertainment contributor, and I brought some fun stuff, I think, to talk about today. Oh, we think so. Danielle's really <laughs> looking forward to this first one. Okay, tell Absolutely. us what you got. <laughs> Okay, so uh, we're going to start off with uh, the NBA All-Star Game was last weekend, and Julie Black, who is a Canadian artist, changed one of the lyrics in it. Uh, she Instead of saying our home and native land in the national anthem, she said our home on native land. So um, the alteration was her to acknowledge the Indigenous peoples who lived on the land before European settlers. She said, quote, I wouldn't have sung it if I didn't believe it should be this. If it is not meaningful in this day and age for me, it doesn't make sense. And as a person of color who is a black person who's been asking for the support of many nations, it's up to me now to do that change. So she said she's performed O Canada countless times throughout her career. Um, and she turned down a number of opportunities lately. She said uh, she was talking to the Canadian press. She said she turned out to sing for events while she educated herself about indigenous rights and reconciliation. Mm. So uh, she also says that one word for me felt right 
because in fact, and I wanted to lead, it is fact, and I wanted to lead with love and fact. Well, some some of the people responding on Twitter said, now that's a land acknowledgement. Here, I think here. that there were a, mm-hmm. a lot of people were very pleased. I have to say that among the people who, who I know for the past 30 years, people have been singing this surreptitiously, not, not in public necessarily the way Julie Black did, but... Um, I don't think that this this is unique to her is is what I'm saying. So mm. what do you think about changing the lyrics uh, to be our home on native land since it was officially changed a few years ago when they, they changed it from in all our sons command to in all of us command is is it time to make this change too? I would think so. Yep. I think it's, um, like she said, it's a, it's a fact and it's something to be said. It's inclusivity. It's recognizing land recognition, as you said, for indigenous peoples. And it just, you know, uh, is another step for Canada to be more inclusive in our anthem. Mm. Yeah. I mean, we, we have been hearing the question now what, right? Like we, have National Truth and Reconciliation Day. Uh, we have been talking about the, um, like the 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 kind of notes that were given out. I can't remember the exact name for it right now. Sorry. Um, to to consider like how we can make our relationships with Indigenous peoples of Canada better. Uh, but I think there's there's more, and there has to be just everyday acknowledgement. There has to be um, more that isn't just you know we agree we're on your land. Okay, now what do we do about that? How can we further our knowledge and our uh, I guess recognition, but agreeance that there's still more to be done. And I've got to say, like, Julie Black was such a good singer. I love the way she sang Oh Canada. I wanted to uh, take a moment to say that. And and the way she kind of paused before doing it was kind of subtle, but not really. And I think that she, um, you know, obviously was very deliberate even leading up to this moment. Yes, now, absolutely. Corinne, do you think that anyone's going to bring this up before Parliament and recommend that this change be made permanently? Or do you think it's just going to be something that more and more people, with any luck, start singing in schools and at at, at sports events, and they're going to use this version? What what do you think is going to happen? I think Julie Black has definitely started the conversation, opened it up. The Mm -hmm. uh, NBA All-Star Game was watched by North America, um, right. and land recognitions are happening here and there. It took a while for the first, the other uh, lyric change, as we know, to um, uh, in All of Us Command, uh, mm-hmm. but that was brought up in front of Parliament. So this is definitely, I think, a step toward that. Um, you know, changing the lyrics of the national anthem has been done, can be done, and this is, def- I hope this opens up a conversation. It's going to start with people as it already is, we're discussing it here, mm. um, and then moves on to um, government and broader spectrums to hopefully, yeah, move on to uh, being in the song. Yeah, I. you know, what about the role of artists in this kind of um, change? Do, do you think that, that artists should be showing how we can be more inclusive and, and you know, really talking about diverse causes or is that not their role? What's what's your view on that? Um, when artists open up conversations like this, yes, it's uh, it's I don't want to say it's necessary, but you recognize a famous person, right? Mm. So you, mm-hmm. lots of people are know who Julie Black is, and she is opening up this conversation and saying such like this protest songs from the 1960s. It was artists saying, you know, this is this is That's what's true. going on. These are things that we have to change. So it's it's not a new thing for artists to do this. It's nice to see that it's continuing yeah. to open uh, open doors and open uh, thoughts to different things. Yeah, I mean, it's I, in my humble opinion, it's it's definitely the role of art Absolutely. to make people aware. Mm-hmm. I'm I I think it's it's wonderful. I I really hope that this, you know, has has a long run that people will start thinking more and more about this. And speaking of artists, um, I hear you're going to talk to us about Ryan Reynolds designing a, a Terry Fox run T-shirt for the annual charity event. 
Yes, the Vancouver-born film star. He's a film star. He's a producer. He's a screenwriter. He's a, you know, sports team owner. You name mm. it. You're going to put it after Ryan Reynolds' name. Yeah. <laughs> and he's added t-shirt designer because he's teamed up with the Terry Fox Foundation to design the t-shirt all the proceeds of which go to cancer research. So he shared an image of himself wearing the t-shirt on Twitter and Instagram over the weekend, um, noting that he's taken part in the Terry Fox run since second grade. Uh, a lot of, a lot of Canadians have. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and a spokeswoman for the Terry Fox foundation says that Reynolds helped design and choose the white shirt in collaboration with the Fox family and other creative partners. So just to describe it to you, it feature it's a white long sleeve shirt. It's got a black and white photo of Terry Fox standing uh, with his hands on his hips, smiling in front. There's an accent of a bit of red on his shirt. And then behind the image of Terry Fox are the words Dear Terry and Cher Terry. So Dear Terry in English and French in blue script. On the back, it has Terry Fox in red and then in um, real handwritten letters. So they got real copies of letters that people wrote to Terry Fox. Mm. Um, They're copied and excerpted on the back. One says, Dear Terry, you're my greatest hero. There's also a drawing of a pair of running shoes and a medal that looks, it looks like an Olympic medal, um, for for lack of a better way to describe it, uh, that says Terry Fox on it as well. So it's a, it's, it's very nice looking shirt and, you know, it's, it's modeled by Ryan Reynolds. So (laughs) I'm sure that'll help sell a couple of them. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the, the drawings on the back look to me as if children may have, have drawn them or written the notes. Do you know whether that's the the fact or if it if that's just the style? Um, it's from I'm I believe I didn't get ages, but from what it looks like, yes, it looks like uh, younger people would have written them. But they're taken from actual from like Terry Fox's family's archives mm. of letters written to right. him. So yeah. And, uh, I mean, I think uh, Terry Fox's legacy, like, this is not a question, Terry Fox's legacy lives on forever and ever. And I'm not sure what the turnout is every year for people taking part in the Terry Fox runs or the walks, but um, in terms of just like the awareness, uh, as long as we have schools in Canada, there's, you know, exposure and love and uh, appreciation and education of Terry Fox. Oh, I think that it's one of one of the big fundraisers for cancer every year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's that's pretty impressive. Do you, do you think that the involvement of a celebrity makes people more interested in the charity? I would think so, because as we said, with the the artist in the in the last story, recognizing someone and having them tell you about something can open a lot of other people's eyes. Uh, Ryan Reynolds has done it with Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto. They had the Christmas yes. sweater, um, uh, Christmas sweater that they wear each year, and all the money yeah. goes towards research at Sick Kid, and he put a name to that and a face to that. And he does a lot of, uh, he puts his face out there and name out there to help a lot of initiatives. And so do other celebrities. And if you can tie, if you see something, you're like, oh yeah, I think I I saw Ryan Reynolds talk about that on Instagram. That's a quicker way to get the information than saying like, oh, I think I've, I've heard about that. So if you put a celebrity like Ryan Reynolds on it, you can go quickly to his Instagram or his Twitter. There's going to be a link to all the other stuff you need to know, and it's going to make it easier to access. And kind of going back to what we were talking about in the first story, um, the responsibility of influencers and artists and entertainers to take part in things like this. Do you do you both feel like that is um, happening or happening well? In this case, I'd say yes. I, I think that you know when somebody has celebrity as as Ryan Reynolds has. Um, and Julie Black as well. It 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 almost. I mean, you can't say it obliges them to do something mm-hmm. with it, but it really is nice to see that when they're aware that they can use, you know, their fame and celebrity to 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 a good purpose for a, a good cause. It you know why wouldn't you? <laughs> you know, if you if you had that tool yeah. to be able to use it in that way is a very positive thing. And I. Th- I also wonder whether you know one person like like Ryan Reynolds doing this does that then mean that somebody else who has fame and celebrity will also think of a charity that they can help out where mm. their fame will be you know it's a kind of a hook 
somebody likes the 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 actor or the singer or 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 you know the artist and says well i like them and they give you know they think this charity is really important therefore i'm going to think that charity is really important too that is so interesting you point that out because you know the influence of on other influencers right you know and how many people band together to kind of uh take care of initiatives or spread the word um but also just does it is that what is actually happening are are people kind of friends in the celebrity world yeah and and can they influence one another to do good things Mm -hmm. which i believe this to be yeah corinne as we wrap do you want to give us the last story real quick uh okay it's about award shows and how they're really super long and the canadian screen actors (laughs) awards is trying to do something about it but it's not really going over well they are going to pre-record their entire ceremony and it's going to be cut down to an hour so it's going to be hosted yeah it's going to be hosted yeah so they're going to have the whole thing filmed and everything it's hosted by samantha b and then they're going they're quote want to curate it to better engage audiences. So the big thing that they're saying is award shows are too long. You know, no one wants to listen to all this. And it's an hour special, but it's going to be interesting because it's going to incorporate celebrity interviews, highlights from the preceding galas, because there's a ton of galas before that where they hand out all the the awards. So it's not just people getting awards. They're kind of, they're trying to pack a, uh, a two to three hour award show into one hour. So wow. we're and is, artists yeah. are saying like, you know, uh, Eugene, Eugene Levy has talked about saying like people need recognition, <laughs> like, you know, like you can't just be like he understands it, but he's like Canadian artists deserve the spotlight, too. They're not cutting down the Emmys to mm-hmm. an hour. They're not cutting down uh, the Oscars from what is it now? Four and a half hours. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so, half a well, day. I guess they're not going to. So none of that music will play to get them off the stage. <laughs> no, nope, doesn't seem like it. So just one other thing from uh, Eugene Levy. He said, I think it's important for the Canadian entertainment industry to not have it in an abridged form. Yeah. I don't think it does justice to the industry that you're supposed to be serving. Definitely Band-Aid solution, if you ask me. Corinne, we're running out of time. Thank you so much. <laughs> There's the music. Thank you very much. There's the music. <laughs> oh no, I'm being played off. <laughs> I'd like to thank my family. That's unfortunate. My- <laughs> uh, yeah. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> Corinne Van Dusen, one of the hosts, along with Mike Ross, for the Globe and Mail today, which you can check out on AMI Audio. Taking a break and coming back with entrepreneurship chat. That's with Kevin Shaw on Kelly and Ramia. It's fun, insightful, and inclusive. Kelly and Ramya return in a minute. Introducing a new AMI podcast. I'm Ardra Shepard, and this is Tripping On Air, a place to talk about what it's like to have MS. Normally, I like to make everything about me, but MS also affects the people we love. So weighing in from the partner perspective is Alex Hajar, my friend whose wife also has MS. Join us monthly as we dish about everything from symptoms to stigma. The Tripping On Air podcast is available on YouTube and your favorite podcast provider. Dating and relationships, are they dreams come true or living nightmares? That's the question Fern Lolam asks every month on her AMI podcast, Into You. In this episode, we delve back into the elusive world of confidence with relationship coach and trainer, Anna Rover. The truth of who you are is going to be revealed at some point. Anna talks about why playing hard to get in dating is unlikely to get you what you want long term, challenges us to look closer to home in regards to feeling confident about finding love, and shares the secret to how we can stop beating ourselves up when it comes to comparison with others. If you long to walk a little taller and hold your head a little higher in love, this episode is a must listen. Download Into You with Fern Lullum wherever you get your favorite AMI podcast. Check out some of these great AMI audio programs or podcasts. The Neutral Zone 
I call it TNC. We'll be joined by blind hockey player Graham Foxcroft, and Graham is going to be telling them about the Vancouver Eclipse, uh, some of the events they've had recently, and some events to come. Uh, also, he's giving them the perspective of the upcoming Canadian blind hockey tournament championships. And you can check out the Neutral Zone. Well, you could have this morning at 11 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-audio. Uh, but of course, if you've missed that, you can check it out every eight hours starting today and on video as a YouTube podcast or on your favorite podcast platform for audio. I'm Ramia Amadin, and I'm here with Danielle McLaughlin for today's show. And we're about to welcome back Kevin Shaw for our weekly, I'm sorry, our bi-weekly business conversation Hi, Kevin. How are you? Good. How are you? Great. Now, I'm really looking forward to learning what it is you're going to be telling us today. You're going to give us an overview of what sales is all about when you're an entrepreneur. What is it? So, yeah, that's right. We've been we've been going through the the various um, steps in order to uh, to to put a business together and to to think entrepreneurially and sales is one of those things that, um, you know, we always look at the, we always look at the, the end goal of getting that transaction, making that, that money. Mm. And we don't think about all of the stuff that goes into it beforehand. So, um, as a, a shout out to a, a friend of mine who helped me prepare for this, Marsha Cummings, sort of a sales genius, uh, uh, worked for a company that, uh, ended up doing, you know, millions of dollars worth of sales for them. So sales can be boiled down into finding the problem, teeing up the problem and finding the solution to that problem and then communicating that solution in a very concise way. And when you're an entrepreneur, you're always in sales. You're always selling. You're selling your product. You're selling your business. You're selling to potential investors. You're selling to people who might want to work with you. You're selling to suppliers, um, and so that's a uh, it's a really good skill to have, and it's something that you know we're, we're not born with. It's something that you've got to work on and develop over time. I uh, I'm not going to lie. This sounds very intimidating. Uh, sales does not come <laughs> easy to all of us. So to, thinking about everything in the context of sales, right? Even with finding people to help you support your idea to others, like friends or family or whoever, uh, that is also sales, which sounds like, wow, you got to be good at this. Like I said, it's a skill and, you know, it's just like anything. If you want to play the piano, you don't just walk up to the piano and start playing, um, <laughs> you know, a, a Beethoven piece on the first day, right? You're going to start with, you're going to start with chopsticks or you're going to start with something like really super simple. Mary had a little lamb. It's a little bit like that in sales. So you've gone out, you've made the product, maybe you make cookies, maybe you make, uh, you know, knit hat, knit, knitted hats. Um, and you can go to somebody and say, Hey, look, you know, try this hat on. I've made it, try these cookies. Um, and that's your first sale. And how do you replicate that process into, um, selling to that core audience of supporters who's, who are going to support you. And, and that's really what, um, that's really what takes skill to develop. I guess you're really always selling yourself, aren't you? You, ha you have to put yourself forward and, and have the confidence to believe that people are going to be interested in in what it is that you do and your product and um that 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 takes a lot of confidence i i would imagine i've i've never been an entrepreneur but i've uh, admired people who are y'all it's it's that old adage right that no one's going to no one's going to love you unless you love yourself first and mm. and you know you've you've got to respect the fact that you've created something that either nobody else has created or you've got a feature or a unique unique selling what we call a USP unique selling proposition that nobody else has and that's the one thing that you're going to go out and communicate to people um, you know, yes, everybody else makes, uh, you know, handbags and purses, but mine is the only one with, uh, you know, a spot for a battery charger and Ooh, nice. you can charge your phone while you're carrying around your purse or something, 
that's unique about your product that that nobody else can offer and and that's what you're out there trying to communicate to people somebody get on that that product sounds great so <laughs> the, the how do we start as you said it's a skill development thing um what is it like where do we start in terms of knowing this is how you sell so so as i said before you want to tee up the problem mm -hmm. and communicate it in a very concise way now this can start with you maybe write down all the all the features of the problem first so um the problem might be uh let's say if you're in the software space people are not able to do x with their software okay they're not able to manage their renovations or they're not able to um, you know, order dinner in a, in, a, in, a, in a quick and efficient way or you know, whatever the problem is. And maybe that problem, describing that problem, who has the problem, uh, people who, um, you know, when, when does the problem occur? All of those, all of those things could take up you know, a page or more. Shorten that down into one sentence. And we talk about in in uh, uh, in sales and in, in entrepreneurship about the elevator pitch. And so the elevator pitch is can you can you clearly articulate the problem and the solution and how you're going to put that solution into the customer's hands in the time that it takes an elevator to go from the top floor of the building to the bottom floor, which is about 60 seconds, right? For we're talking to you know high rise. Um, and to go even further, you want to boil your pitch down to what I call an escalator pitch. An escalator pitch is where you're traveling up the up escalator and you're yelling over to the, you know, to somebody who's who's moving down on the down escalator. <laughs> and if you can just sum that up in in one in you know a few words, you've got a pitch. So so for example, I've I've got friends who started a company called Set Scouter. What is it? It's Airbnb for movie sets. So you can that say that right yelling away, right? that across an yes. escalator that, yeah, that, Super that quick. does make sense. So now, now I was just thinking of the purse you were describing before. <laughs> How would you uh, describe that yelling across a, an escalator to another person who you sure. think is, is going to invest in it? How, can you think of a way of doing that in one breath? I guess that's really Oh my gosh. Um, putting me on the spot here. Yeah, no you know, uh, uh, you know, it, it's a it's a battery charging purse. Mm. Right? Sounds good. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's it's coming up with that really quick way of, you know, here's the problem. Here's the, you know, when I say Airbnb for movie sets, immediately that that puts in your mind, okay, I can sum up the problem here, which is, you know, producers might need a place to shoot a TV show mm -hmm. uh, and I can put my mm -hmm. home up for, you know, shooting a commercial or shooting a movie or shooting a TV show. Um, and that's what that's what that company is, is all about. Um, you know, when I had my first startup, Tell Me TV, we described it as Netflix for the blind. Right. So immediately yeah. that that puts that picture in your head as to as to what that is. It's cool too because I mean, in the past uh, couple seconds, we've talked about how do we know that our thing is going to succeed, and you're kind of embracing the fact that there are other products out there, but as you said, that unique um, solution to the problem, mm -hmm. right? Yes, Airbnb already exists, but this doesn't. Um, but think of Airbnb and come here. <laughs> like it's quite yeah. interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It, totally. Uh, you want to talk a little bit, Kev, about managing relationships with customers or clients and, and what uh, how that plays back into sales? Sure. Um, well, that's, I mean, that's ultimately what sales are about. It's, sure. it's about building those relationships with your customers. And so you might be, you know, I talked a little bit about, um, you know, baking cookies or you're knitting hats or you're doing something that's, that's what we call business to consumer or B2C. Um, most businesses out there are B2B or business to business. Um, and you want to create a way to have a relationship with your customer over a long period of time. And the, the best way to do that is to put together what's, what, what, what's called in the industry a CRM or a customer relationship management database. And, um, 
it sounds more complicated than it is. It's really simple. So if I'm if I'm selling to Ramia, I, I want to make sure that I have uh, Ramia's name, her address, her phone number. Um, maybe uh, I need to know her birthday because on her birthday, I'm going to send her a birthday card that says, you know, thank you for being a customer. Um, you know, we're always here for whatever you need. A free maybe gift. Ramia likes her package <laughs> um, packed a certain way. Maybe she wants, um, you know, she's indicated a preference. She likes white chocolate chip cookies instead of dark chocolate Ooh. or, you know, that's hilarious. Um, but you want to put that database together for, for your customers. And that way you've got s some data to, to go off of when you're building that relationship with them, when you're, um, when you're, when you're starting out and that's a really good way to, um, uh, to think of those sales, to think of those products and to figure out who your core audience is really. Hmm. So how would you start a CRM? How would you go about doing that? So there are a lot of free tools online. Um, one of the really popular ones is called HubSpot and it's, um, it's a website that, that basically lets you create a CRM for free. Um, you can, you can, um, indicate where, where customers are in the sales cycle. So, um, Hey, I've already made a call to these five people. Uh, I have to follow up with them in two weeks time, because that's the time that they told me to, to follow up with them. Um, okay. You know, this, this person has already made, made an, an indication to me that they want to purchase something. I'm, you know, preparing things to ship out and so forth. So you can manage all of those steps within uh, uh, a database like HubSpot, but it doesn't have to be that complicated. You can start with you can start with an Excel spreadsheet. You can start with you know Google Docs or OpenOffice or Numbers on the Mac. It 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 really doesn't matter so long as you can organize that information in a, in a very concise way that you can look back to and reference and say, um, oh okay, uh, I can find you know, these 10 customers that all live in, you know, this one city and I'm going to reach out to them with a special promotion. Um, so there, there are really great free ways that you can start. And, you know, even if that sounds too complicated, jot down some notes in, in notepad or jot down some notes on a, you know, on a, on a legal pad or in a notebook so that you've got that customer information. I guess you have to know what it is you want to know. So, you know, how do you organize the the information? Do you want to know where people are geographically? Mm. Do you want to know their preferences? You know, how, how much of the demographic that you're looking for, you know, how, where do you find them? I, I guess that's the sort of stuff that you need to be uh, aware of while you're managing your customer relationships. But uh, I guess it starts with asking yourself a bunch of questions, wouldn't it, Ryan? I'm sorry, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you you'll know that once you start making your first few sales, and um, you know, the, I mean, a great way to get that is to to get some customer testimonials. You know, yeah. oh, this was the greatest product. I needed this so much. This solved like these three problems that I had, and right there, you've got some some confirmation as to the to the problems that this solved and. You know, you can you can dig down and and get to your core fans and say, you know, what what did you like about this? What didn't you like? What could I do better? Um, and and start pulling those kinds of data points as um, you know as a as a great way to to create some of those um, uh, those reference points when you're creating that database. Yeah, I mean, when I think of this, I immediately think of like e email subscriptions, right? Like when we have um, pick your favorite retailer and they sure. send you emails to remind you of different things, sales, whatever, but also the fun mm -hmm. stuff like free things on your birthday, maybe. But it's yeah. it's kind of all part of the, the same realm, would you say? Uh, absolutely. And so your, your sales are going to go through different channels. So... So some of those channels might be um, uh, on, online. So it might be social media. Um, there are really quick ways now to plug in things like TikTok and Instagram mm -hmm. and, and Facebook directly into your store so that you can sell right on those platforms and, and you're 
creating that content to say, Hey, you know, here's a funny video that I saw and, you know, we've solved this problem that's in the funny video, just <laughs> click here and, and buy this product and this embarrassing situation won't happen to you. Um, you can do so it through good. email. You can I like do that through, idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can do, you can do, um, uh, I mean, telemarketing is, is <laughs> it's, uh, um, it's, it's going away slowly. Um, but you know, a lot of people will still reach out. Um, you know, even in the business to business world, we'll just call people up on the phone and say, Hey, you know, we've been, we've been, uh, we've had a relationship with you for the past year or so. Is there anything you need? Is there anything that we can help you with? Um, you know, here's something that that's new that you can check out. Um, you know, so that's still strong in the business to business space, not as strong in business to consumer. Um, you can do direct sales, um, you know, what we call flyers, um, right. you know, ship things out in the mail so that there are a whole number of ways that, that you can reach out to your core, your, uh, your core audience. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Kevin. That, uh, really answers a lot of questions about where we should be if we're entrepreneurs and how to go about selling. Thank you so much. Thanks. And remember, sales is all about honesty. So just be honest in your sales and uh, and reach out to that core audience and focus on them. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. Kevin Shaw joins us every other week. Next time, we'll be discussing marketing your business. Looking forward to that one. And after the break, we're wrapping up the show. We'll be right back. We'll be back with more of Kelly and Ramya after this short break. Welcome back. We're wrapping up Kelly and Ramia. And to kick things off, I want to tell you about the book of the month. We are almost near discussion day. We're discussing on the last Tuesday of the month, which is next Tuesday, February 28th. And, um, at first, listen, the, the title of this is seemingly vicious. It's called I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy, and it was released in 2022, uh, recommended to us by Nisreen Abdel-Majid, who will be joining us on the panel. It is available in human narration on Sila and on Audible, um, uh, narrated by the author. It, it's a memoir by iCarly and Sam and Cat star Jeanette McCurdy about her struggles as a former child actress, and it includes... Um, her experiences in on uh, with eating disorders, addiction, and a complicated relationship with her overbearing mother, and how she retook control over her life. Uh, Jeanette was six when she hit her first acting audition. Her mother's dream was for her only daughter to become a star, and Jeanette would do anything to make her mother happy at that point. Uh, in I'm Glad and My Mom Died, Jeanette recounts her experiences in unflinching detail, Absolutely 100% agree with that. Uh, just as she chronicles what happens when the dream finally comes true as an adult. Uh, lots of um, talk of shame and anxiety and self-loathing that she um, speaks in very high detail too. As I said, Tuesday, February 28th, join us, myself, Kelly, and Nisreen to talk about this book. And if you read it and want to comment on it, please send us your commentary, one 866 509-4545 is where you can leave a voicemail. And if you want to write to us, Kelly and Ramia at AMI.ca. Now, quickly, we want to highlight some of the conversations from today that you can check out on your favorite podcast platform. Danielle, starting with you. I really enjoyed our conversation with Corinne Van Dusen, and it was the first of her series as our new entertainment contributor. And uh, she was terrific. I very interesting to talk about Julie Black's changes to O Canada, yes. uh, O Canada, our home on native land, and about uh, Ryan Reynolds designing a T-shirt for the Terry Fox run and how uh, celebrities can really contribute to important causes. 
We wrapped up that segment talking a little bit about the Screen Awards and how they're going to shorten it to an abridged uh, special. That's going to be interesting. Um, But also we talked Screen Awards with Greg David in much more detail, the nominees, the categories, the changes that are going on, and, of course, his favorites and who he thinks might be taking the awards. Uh, All that on today's episode of Kelly and Ramia that you can check out on your favorite podcast platform. Let's skip over to Now with Dave Brown happening tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Eastern, as they do every weekday. And Alex Smythe is hosting this week. Paul Daniel, one of the producers, is here to give us a preview. Hello, Paul. Hey, Ramia. On tomorrow's show, Steven Scott from Double Tap will give us his on-location impressions at the Zero Project Conference on Disability Inclusion, currently taking place in Vienna, Austria. I hope Stephen can find a way to have a good time in Vienna. But um, huh. yeah, I'm, I'm so sure you hard. Uh, so, <laughs> so Yeah, difficult. I know. We all worry about yeah. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Blaine Deutscher, our community reporter in Regina, will give us the latest details on the return of the Regina Farmers Market. And Amy Manti will, will deliver a review of the Netflix movie You People, starring Jonah Hill, Will Smith, and Neil Long. Oh, a review from Amy and Manti. Okay, that's going to be great. Uh, thank you, Paul. Looking forward to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on AMI-TV. You can catch Now with Dave Brown. And this week filling in for Dave is Alex Smythe. I'll be on there with a roundtable conversation. Those are always fun as well in hour two of the show. Danielle, uh, we have... We will return, the two of us, tomorrow. And on the Thursday edition, we have Mike Fair joining us, as he does every week with Tech and Audio Entertainment. And tomorrow we're discussing focus modes. And this is specifically iOS, so if you have an iPhone, pay close attention. Uh, This is kind of a... um, a two-parter so far uh, as we were talking about notifications and do not disturb and all these other things. We also have our roundtable tomorrow, which I will be hosting. I've picked um, some fun and serious topics to discuss, uh, anywhere from art to disability to four-day work weeks, and that's going to be with Catherine Batcher and you, Danielle. Danielle, I'm looking forward to our chat tomorrow at 2 p.m. So am I. Thank you, Ramia. Thank you, Danielle McLaughlin, co-hosting with me for the rest of the week. And you have yourself a fabulous rest of your day. Thanks for spending your precious time with us. We'll do it all again tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern on Kelly and Ramia. Hey guys, it's Jeff here, and I've got some really exciting news to share with you. And that involves something very personal to me. That is that Aaron and I are expecting our first kid. And it's exciting because we actually found out the gender this week. And we're not telling anybody. We found out we do know the sex of our soon-to-be first child. But we're keeping it under tight wraps, which is really hard, by the way. I want to tell everybody, but I just can't at the moment because we do have a gender reveal party. Nothing fancy or anything. We're going to have a cake and it's either going to be blue inside for a boy or pink inside for a girl. But the funny thing is the reason why I wanted to know before the gender reveal party is because I'm colorblind. I can't really differentiate pink and blue really well. And I always see online that somebody, you know, pops a balloon and it comes out with either pink or blue powder or somebody cuts a cake and it's either blue or pink. And I'm watching these videos thinking, so what is it? And so that's kind of one of, that's actually probably the main reason why I wanted to know before everybody else. Therefore, um, there's no confusion come the time of, but we are really excited and we can't wait to share with the world in a couple of weeks. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.